Podcast Answer Man, episode number 414. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, and you're listening to the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you have been creating content for many years, there is something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And well, my friends, some folks that are taking things to the next level, I would give a little shout out to Dan Franks, Jared Easley, Gary Leland, and Mitch Todd, the founding members of the Podcast Movement Conference, which I just returned from the second annual Podcast Movement event, Podcast Movement 2015, and it was incredible. Over 1,000 podcasters in attendance. Well, actually, over 1,000 human beings in attendance, most of them podcasters, and many people on the fence about ready to launch a podcast, which is extremely exciting. But anyway, folks, I had come back and told you about my experience at Podcast Movement last year. It was this grassroots event. I think there were about 500, somewhere between 500 and 600 attendees last year. And it was basically Dan, Jared, Gary, and Mitch's first rodeo for something like this. Uh, They had no experience in this, but yet what they pulled off last year was impressive and incredible considering that. I mean, it it was a decent event even if they had had experience, Uh, but what they did this year was taking it to a whole new level. In fact, I, I feel sorry for all four of them because honestly... (laughs) they're going to feel some pressure. I know for a fact that they're already feeling a lot of pressure for 2016 because this year was so amazing. They they must have hired an amazing production company slash crew to put together what we experienced, the environment that we walked into. You walk into the Omni Hotel and there are these big massive pillars that belong to the hotel that are like wrapped with branding for podcast movement, very beautiful branding. This isn't just signage. This was signage to the next level. There was the the room keys for the folks at the Omni. When you checked in, the room keys were custom branded podcast movement room keys. I mean, almost something that people would like maybe take home as a memento. In fact, I heard people talking like that. And the stage, the actual, the setup and the makeup of stage, let me just tell you, I've been, I'm very closely connected to some very successful folks who put on conferences. And and let me tell you, I've, I've been impressed by the environments that they've created on their set, the stage and, and stuff like that. And this this staging that they had set up with the brick background and, and fake doors and, and windows and stuff like that. It rivals, and actually, I would say there's only one other event that I've seen that has done production value that highly as far as the set and the stage and just the atmosphere and environment of the keynote area and even some of the breakout rooms. I've only seen one other conference that has 
become equal to this. And and it had blown away even some of the best conferences that I've attended. And it, 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 it was incredible. It was incredible. Of course, that means nothing if it's not for the actual people that are there. And, and of course, they had great keynote speakers, and I got to see my great friend and a member of my mastermind group, Pat Flynn, did his keynote, opening keynote. He always, always crushes it, but uh, Pat's always taking things to the next level, and it was a perfect way to start this event. You know, I, I even thought it was cool that they that the folks over there, the running podcast movement, that they forked over the investment that I know that it takes to uh, bring somebody like Mark Marin and Sarah Keening in, and I really enjoyed that that happened. In fact, I, you know, looking back, at first I was, uh, you know, I sat down and had dinner with some friends, and I told them I wasn't so sure how I felt about, you know, Mark Marin, and he, you know, just comes out, sits on the stage, and and, and and stuff like that. I thought that it, you know, there might be something that he maybe had prepared to share or something like that. But when I think back to it, I, I do remember the whole room being filled with laughter and and I kind of liked how raw and authentic Mark uh, was with the way that he communicated. Obviously, he he has, you know, he's a comedian and stuff like that. But you know, it, it's just he was just being himself, and that's one of the things that I had I, I admire about podcasting and it allows you to just be who you are and people who connect with that will connect with you and and I I still have to make a note to myself I haven't done it yet I maybe I should even stop recording right now and make a note to myself to go and and search the archives for Mark Marin when he had interviewed Robin Williams so anyway that little side note there but the I was a huge serial fan for season 1 anyway of Sarah Keening and to hear some of the backstory and and just a little caveats here and there that was pretty incredible if you were there you know and if you weren't there I'm sure you're going to be hearing about it not just from me but lots of other people just to, I just want to kind of wrap up my reaction to this they definitely took it not just to the next level, but they took podcast movement from the first year to the second year. It went up like three levels. I I will say that I'm a little concerned. I mean, how can they live up to this next year? But I think they will. I think they will. I'm I'm convinced that all 1,000 plus attendees that were there this year, there's no doubt in my mind that they are going there next year. In fact, I heard several people, uh, I would say hundreds of people, say that they are going to do this event instead of one or two other events that they typically go to. And so as far as I'm concerned, what I have witnessed, this isn't what I'm predicting, what I have physically witnessed with my eyes and in person, uh, podcast movement, I would say, is now the new home of the podcasting community overall. At least the bubble in, in a, a very significantly sized bubble of the podcast community that I live in and that that I operate in and I'm talking about the you know the the, the personal development community the fan podcast community the the sports podcast community there 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 is a lot of sub genres of podcasting that are represented extremely well at this conference and I you know obviously there are there are many other sub genres of podcasting and in their sub communities that are not necessarily represented at all 
at Podcast Movement. And I don't think that that's a terrible thing. I mean, in fact, I know some of those actually have their own podcasting conference as well. But I would say that clearly Podcast Movement this year, Podcast Movement 2015, I believe has been the single largest gathering of podcasters that I've seen anywhere in the world. And I think it's going to even be bigger next year. I I don't even think that that's a stretch. And uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully having the opportunity to speak again at Podcast Movement 2016. And I am going to be extremely limited in the number of conferences that I will be attending next year because I am kind of burned out on travel from this year. Anyway, great job, Dan, Jared, Gary, Mitch. You guys, hats off to you. You did an incredible job. For those of you who weren't there this year, just do yourself a favor. Go ahead and sign up for Podcast Movement 2016. In fact, next year it is going to be in Chicago. So it's going to be over here on the East Coast and it's happening July 6th through 8th. And as soon as those tickets officially go on sale for everyone, I will certainly make sure that uh, we get you an announcement out there and I hope to see you guys next year. All right, in this week's episode, you know, at the end of last week's episode, I think I promised to tell you guys about the brand new jingle player that I'm using. And I am using a brand new jingle player. And I know that I've been teasing this now at least for two weeks now. I'm not going to be talking about the jingle player today. I will talk about it next week. So in episode number 415, I will talk about the new jingle player I'm using on my iPad. Uh, But the reason why I'm not doing that this week is because I want to share my talk from Podcast Movement with you. Now, you may recall, many of you who have been listening for a very long time, that when I attended New Media Expo earlier this year, I had done a talk titled 10 Ideas or 10 Tips for How to Create a Deeper Relationship with Your Existing Audience. And I was so excited about this brand new talk. I mean, I had just developed it. I went to NMX and the turnout in my session was not nearly what I had anticipated or had ever experienced uh, at, at such an event. And I, I, don't get me wrong, I was very excited and very happy uh, to meet and to have the the, the attention and, and it was such an honor to have the privilege to speak to, I think it was like 25 or 35 people that attended that session. And, and I don't uh, underestimate that in any way, shape or form, but I knew that at podcast movement, which I had already uh, known that I was going to be speaking at, that I would actually be speaking to a much larger crowd. And when it came down to it, I was going to be speaking at podcast movement about a different topic. And I was much more excited about this 10 tips for how to build a deeper relationship with your existing audience. I was much more excited about that talk than I was about what I had submitted and got approved for for podcast movement. And so after I left NMX 2015, I, I came away from that and I reached out to Dan. I said, Dan, here's the deal. I did this session. It, it's a message that I'm extremely excited about. And there are about 25, 35 people in the room that heard this message. I know that if I did the same talk again, they're going to come to my session and hear it all over again. So my question to you is, would you allow me to change my topic? Now, typically podcast movement, they want the speakers to come up with content that's never been presented anywhere else, that's not a prior episode of your podcast, brand new, fresh, created for this this community that's there to see you live. And I totally understand that, but I, I was able to convince them to allow me to re 
give this talk to this community. And I'm glad because I think I had about 200, 300 people, maybe even a little bit more than that in the room that I spoke in yesterday, which I was a little concerned about because I wasn't a keynote speaker this year, which I'm, some people were like, Cliff, how do you feel about not being a keynote? And it doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I love not having the pressure of being a keynote speaker, right? Because there's a lot of pressure that I put on myself when, when that's the case. And so a lot of people were concerned, you know, Cliff, is, what does this mean? You know, are you, are you upset about this? And I'm like, not in the least. I was very happy to have the session and have the opportunity to speak. I don't assume that I'm owed anything. So I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm hoping that I'll get an opportunity to speak next year. I don't know that I'm guaranteed a spot next year. So that's just the way it is. But anyway, the keynote hall, uh, you know, has seating for over a thousand people because that's how many attendees are there, right? So they had all the seating. And then the room that I was in, after the keynote, they break this room in half. They just bring this dividing wall out to split the room in half. And so in my room where I spoke, there were over 500 chairs. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I'm not a keynote. So I, and there's all these other breakout sessions. If, if I have my normal audience, which a normal audience for a breakout session is sometimes about 100 to 200 people. And if there's, you know, 500 over 500 chairs I'm thinking this is gonna even if I have a great crowd it's it's gonna appear to be much less right uh, well I'm very thankful for all the amazing folks that came to my talk yesterday and um, if you if you were there thank you I appreciate it but here's what I want to tell you is I had decided back you know earlier that I was going to share my talk from New Media Expo with you guys here on the podcast. And many of you have been waiting for that. But once I decided that I was going to re-give that talk to Podcast Movement, I decided I would wait, give the talk at Podcast Movement, record it there, and then release it to you. And that's what I'm doing today. So for all of you who have been waiting for my 10 tips on how to build a deeper relationship with your existing audience... You're going to get it today, and that's what I'm going to do. But before I do, I want to give you guys a plug for my podcasting A to Z course. My next session of podcasting A to Z starts one week from today. Now, I'm recording this on Monday, August 3rd, and my next session starts next Monday, August 10th. And as you may have heard me say before, prior to this session, I've already had 463 students who have already graduated from this course and uh, so far I've maintained a 100% satisfaction rating. As far as I know, when it comes to an online course, and one that has been around since March 2011 that's had over 460 students go through it, not one single refund requested. 100% satisfaction rating. And in fact, one of those students who have gone through my course is Larry Gates. And Larry was a student of my September 2013 session. He's just recently published his 76th podcast episode of the Reinventure Me podcast. And he's also recorded a little audio testimonial about the course for me to share with you today. Larry, take it away. Hi, this is Larry Gates with the Reinventure Me podcast, the podcast for what's next in life. What might be next in your life is podcasting. And if you've decided to become a podcaster, well, congratulations. It's one of the most exciting and fun adventures that you'll ever be a part of. And you do not want to step your toes into the podcasting waters without 
the help of Cliff Ravenscraft. I took podcasting A to Z course from Cliff, and I got to tell you, it is fantastic. I was a little apprehensive at the cost, and you might be as well, but I realized that the amount of time that Cliff saved me through the videos, through the personal instruction, through the telephone calls, through the emails, this guy pours his heart and soul into getting the answers that his students are looking for. And I'll tell you, he takes more time than I had expected an instructor to take on an online course like this. So I, I got more than my money's worth. And I got to tell you, if you are joining the podcasting community, you do not want to do it without taking the A to Z course. I highly recommend it. It is the best next step for what's next in your life. Wow. Leary, thank you so much for those very kind words, my friends. And, you know, I I wanted to get some of these testimonials and start playing them for you because I want you guys to understand that my podcasting A to Z course is not just a bunch of videos that you download. No, this is a four-week course and you get unlimited access to me as your personal coach for four weeks during that course. I'll go as deep as you want to go and maybe even deeper if you're interested. So if you're interested in podcasting A to Z, my next session starts Monday, August 10th. That's one week from today. You, it's not too late to sign up. Go ahead and head over to podcastinga2z.com. And now I'm going to turn it over to where my great friend Eric Fisher is introducing me. I have known this next speaker for as long as he's been podcasting, which has been 10 years. Give it up for that automatically. But... Uh, In that 10 years, he has been a friend, a co-host, a mentor, and an inspiration to not just me, many. Cliff has personally trained over 1,000 individuals and businesses on how to start a podcast through one-on-one coaching and through a very popular four-week podcasting A to Z training course. His students include people like keynoters, Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, Michael Hyatt, Amy Porterfield, Michael Stelzner, and even myself. In fact, if you look at the top 50 business podcasts in iTunes, over half of them learned how to launch their podcast by working with Cliff. Cliff's here today to talk to you about one of the most important pieces that differentiates podcasting from any other medium out there, deep audience engagement. Please welcome Cliff Ravenscraft. Focus. What are you focused on? When I work as a podcast consultant, I am often approached with lots of questions. Many people know me as the podcast answer man, so they expect me to be a person who can give them the answers to the questions that they have. And the number one question that I get from people who want to hire me or who want to get a little bit of my time, they want to ask me this one question. How can I grow my audience? How can I get that next 100 subscribers? What do I need to do to get that next 1,000 subscribers? How can I do what some of those other people are doing and get hundreds of thousands of downloads every single month? How many people in here have that kind of question? Absolutely. How many people in here have the same question, or another question that I'm often asked, and that is, how can I make money from what I'm doing? I'm putting a lot of effort and energy into this, and I do hope to get some kind of financial return out of this. I'd love to leave my day job, or I'd love to at least make a little bit of side income to help uh, fund some of the goals that I have for my family or for my future. How many people have some of those questions? 
Those are wonderful things, and I have nothing against growing your audience and having big goals in that area. I have nothing against making money for your podcast. I'm very blessed to have been able to accomplish a lot of that myself, and both in the audience size and in the monetary gain. But I want to recommend that you avoid one of the pitfalls that many new podcasters make, and that is they make this question their focus. And it's the wrong thing to do. You see, I've worked with a lot of very successful podcasters. And the most successful podcasters I've ever worked with, the people who are ranked in the top of every category in iTunes, I can tell you there is one common thing. And that is, how do I grow my audience? And how do I make money is not their primary focus. Now, yes, that is a, that is a desire of theirs. But their primary focus is, how can I build a deeper relationship with my existing audience. That's their focus. This is what will set you apart from everyone else. Here's the deal. When you think about the question, how do I grow my audience? This is how it's actually phrased. And, and if you haven't ever had an opportunity to ask me this question or ask me questions on how I might be able to help you, maybe I can help you avoid asking me the question this way. Hey, Cliff. I've been podcasting for six months, and I only have 300 downloads for each episode. Wait, what am I doing wrong? How can I, how, what can I do to get to that, break that thousand download mark? And my friends, this is the worst question that you could possibly ask, and it has to do with that word only. I only have 300 people who are listening to every single episode. And for those people, what I can tell is that they have never gotten up on a stage like this and put 300 chairs and filled it with 300 people. Because if they did, they'd recognize that having 300 people coming and listening to every single syllable of every word that they have to speak on a consistent basis is quite an extraordinary thing and an extremely valuable thing. And until you can understand the value in one listener, then you'll never understand the value of 100,000 listeners. My podcast is listened to by a lot of people. But I'm going to tell you something that may blow your mind. I, in the last couple of years, now some of you may know my story. If you don't know my full story, I'm not going to go into any of it in detail here. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so, go to podcastanswerman.com slash about. And on my about page, there's a talk I did several years ago that will tell you my story and how I started out podcasting as a hobby. And when I actually turned this into my full-time career, I only made $11,000 my first year. Solo income for the family, and I had just left a very successful, profitable career in insurance. I will tell you that last year, my business made over a half a million dollars in income. Now, one of the things I want to know, just by how many people in here would guess that I have over 100,000 subscribers? for Podcast Instagram. All right, so there are about five or six people, seven people have risen, risen their hands. How many people in here think that I have over 10,000 subscribers to Podcast Instagram? Almost, almost over half the room, all right? I want to tell you that I do not have over 100,000 subscribers to Podcast Instagram, and I do not even have 10,000 subscribers to Podcast Instagram. How shocking is that? But what I can tell you is there are over 1.5 million people in this world that if you bring up the topic, the word podcasting, my name will come up in the conversation. 
1.5 million people in the world. How do I know that? Well, actually, I can attribute just those 1.5 million people to four of my listeners. And today, I'll tell you about two of them. Okay, Michael Hyatt. How many people have heard the name Michael Hyatt before? Raise your hand. Look, keep your hands up. I want you, everybody who hasn't, that's a lot of people in this room. Michael Hyatt has one of the most successful and one of the most popular business blogs on the face of this planet. And Michael Hyatt is one listener, one person who listens to Podcast Answer Man every single week. This is, this is a man who is the most intentional about how he spends every moment of his life. And this man listens to my show every single week. I, I can't even begin to tell you how incredibly humbling that is for me to even know. And, and the weight of responsibility that I feel to bring my A-game for him. But here's the interesting thing. I want you guys to go to michaelhyatt.com sometime. And if you have your computer right now, you can do this. Go to michaelhyatt.com and look for his search box. And I want you to search for the phrase, Cliff Space Ravenscraft. And you'll find that it brings up over 54 blog posts of him talking about me. And that has nothing to say for the number of times. He's had, he has well over 100 episodes of this podcast. And I would say that my name directly in Podcast Answerman and my course and all the things that I do for people, he is consistently talking to me. Now, over the first 100 episodes, I can assure you that my name is directly mentioned in at least 40 of the 100 episodes. Michael Hyatt has had many successful conferences, the Platform Conference, the SCORE Conference. He's invited me as a result of the influence that I have had in his life, and he knows my message and my desire to help others. He's invited me to come speak at his conferences, me on the stage promoting my brand, and he telling everyone, saying, this is the guy you want to talk to if you have anything about podcast. This is one listener to my podcast. You know, I, you know, I told you I'd tell you two people. I'll just stick with the one and just tell you that if Michael Hyatt was the only person who ever downloaded my podcast every week, I would do it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So here's the deal. You want to focus on your existing audience. And the, the feedback that I get oftentimes is this, but I just can't seem to get any engagement. Nobody leaves me any feedback. How many people feel like this guy looks? You publish your latest episode of your podcast, you shared it on Twitter, you put it on Facebook, you've buffered it, you've Instagrammed it, you've interested it, and everything, and it's out there, and it's been three weeks, and it's just crickets. Nobody's leaving you a comment, and you just feel like, what am I doing? How many people have ever felt like that? Most everyone in the room. Most everyone in the room. And here's the deal. I want to explain to you, I want to give to you 10 ideas, 10 tips for how to build a deeper relationship with the people who are already listening to you. And for those of you who may have just recently started, and I just talked to somebody who's getting ready to start uh, just a couple uh, months from now. But for those of you who are just getting started out, if you only have 10 subscribers to your podcast, this will work for you as well. And let me explain to you what I want to recommend as your number one goal, your number one focus moving forward in building a relationship with your existing audience. And that is for you to get to know the first name, the last name, the email address, and a minimum of two personal details, two personal facts about as many people in your audience as possible. If you, have a, if you have 10 subscribers, make it a goal to learn the first name, last name, email address, 
and two personal details of at least two of those 10 people. If you have 100 people who download each episode of your podcast, make it a goal to learn 10 of those people's information. If you have 1,000 people, make it a goal to learn 50 of them. Start somewhere. In fact, I encourage you to just open up a spreadsheet and have the columns, first name, last name, email address, fact number one, fact number two. And by the way, fact number one could be as simple as what do they do for a living? It could be, you know, are they married? It could be, what, do they, um, what is their greatest hobby? What's their passion? What's their greatest fear? It, it can, the personal detail that you have about them can be anything you want. But the question is, how do I get this information? How do I get this information? First tip, engage with their content first. Just a moment ago, I showed you that slide. Guy sitting there. He publishes his information. And what's he doing? He's waiting for the crowd to respond. But what I want to encourage you to do is get out there and take the people who might be following you on Twitter, following you on Facebook, that they're your friends on Facebook. I want to encourage you to spend maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes each day to sign up to your newsfeed and start looking to see what other people in your community are posting in their status updates. Somebody maybe is at a baseball game with their son or daughter. Why don't you make a comment and say, hey, that looks like a great event. I remember when my dad used to take me to baseball games. Any kind of thing that they're putting out there. There There are all kinds of personal information that people in your community are sharing online. And of course, if you, you know, it may take a little bit for people to start following you on Twitter, but once they start following you, engage with their content. So don't wait for them to start engaging with you. Start engaging with them first. And oftentimes, if you don't have a following on Twitter, if you're just getting started out, maybe this is how you build that following. You find and you connect with people who might be within your target audience, and you connect with them on Twitter and Facebook, and you start building into their lives. And let me just stress one caveat to this. Don't do this for the sole purpose that in hopes that they will follow you and listen to your podcast. But do this out of the heart of thinking, what can I use about what I've just learned through this uh, status update to serve and help this individual? Not what can they do for me, but what can I do for them? So, number one, engage with their content first. Tip number two, I want you to ask many questions. Every now and then I get people who say, Cliff, you know, I've I've done all of this and nobody ever leaves me comments on my blog, never ever leaves me feedback, never ever reaches out to me. And I'm like, wait, you've been doing this for six months and you only have, only, have 300 people who are listening to you every single week. You need to tell me you've never received one comment on your Facebook post. You've never received a single blog post. Well, yeah, I've had two or three here and there and I'm like, Yeah, what did you do with those two and three? So if all of a sudden, let's just say you've been podcasting and then you've got your blog post or your your, uh, show notes out there on your blog, and then all of a sudden somebody comes in and says, hey, thank you so much for posting this. I really enjoyed this episode. Well, you have the opportunity to do what most podcasters do, and that is respond and you hit reply and say, thank you so much. I'm so glad you enjoyed the podcast. And then hit reply and go on looking for other people who might actually be trying to respond to you, right? Well, instead of doing that, how about you hit reply and ask them a question? Wow, thank you so much, first and foremost, for taking so much of your time, an hour of my show you listen to. I'm incredibly honored that you would do that. I'm thankful that you've taken additional time to come out to my website and tell me that you've enjoyed the show. 
Do you mind me asking, what, how did you find the show, and what is it that drew you to it, and what, exactly what was it that I said that was helpful to you so that I know to actually say more things like that to help more people? And, and by sending them a question, ending every response to them in a question mark, there's some kind of response. I don't know about you guys, but when somebody sends me a question, I feel this obligation to respond. Do you guys feel that? And so if you send that question back to them, they'll come back with you with more, to you with more information. And the whole idea is to learn as much as you can about those individuals because you're going to be storing this, whether it's in your mind, in a spreadsheet, in a content, uh, contact relationship management software, or whatever. The, the thing is, is you're going to be storing all of this information you can pull out from someone. Let me just give you an example of how asking people questions can help. So I had somebody who had left a comment on my, one of my recent episodes. And she had told me, she says, Cliff, I can't begin to tell you how much I enjoyed this episode. Thank you for doing it. And I responded with exactly what I told you. Could you tell me what it was that helped you? And she says, well, let me explain to you. I left my career about a year ago to focus on this passion of mine, and I created a podcast and a blog, and I was about ready to give up until I heard your most recent episode, and you said this, and that really kept me going. You see... The reality is that I was almost ready to go back to work because I had to come back over here where, where my mom was because she was just diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And we're having this ongoing conversation back and forth. What did I just learn? I just learned that she had left her career to pursue her passion uh, full-time and that she's almost ready to give up, but she's been encouraged by me to continue on. I just learned that her mom has, uh, that her mom has been diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's, thank you. <laughs> so, you like that? I, I'd love to tell you that was intentional. Um, but anyway, so I found out that she has Alzheimer's, and guess what? I also learned what hometown, or what town she just moved to, to be with her mom. And do you know what I know? I know that three years ago, I had a podcasting A to Z student who launched a podcast that is all about supporting people who have found out that a loved one has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And I happen to also know that that person who has that podcast is home-based in the same town that that lady is in. I was able to connect them together. This is the value of getting to know your audience and asking them questions. This is, see, the, the reason to get the first name, last name, email address isn't so that you can later market the crap out of them. It's so that you can find out how you can serve them. You know what? That, that person may never buy it. She already had a podcast. She already had all this other stuff. She was just listening to my show for encouragement and all these other things. And she may never buy a thing from me. And that's okay. But you know what? I love that she listens to me and I was able to find out some things about her so that I could actually meet a need in her life in some way, shape, or form. And you know what? She may not listen to me today. I don't know if she still does listen to me. And it doesn't matter if she listens to me today because I can guarantee you this. If the term podcasting comes up in any conversation for the rest of her life, who is she going to tell them about? Meeting the needs of your people happens when you know more about them and that happens when you ask them lots of questions. Number three, shine the spotlight on your audience. You know, I started podcasting um, back in December of 2005, and I have uh, Ryan and Jenna Zawa to thank for some of that inspiration. 
You see, when I was a kid, I used to, have you guys ever, as a kid, called into a radio station and did a request, and then all of a sudden, you know it's time delayed, they pre-record it to make sure you don't say something stupid, uh, and then they, and they say, you're going to be on in a little bit, and you tell everybody, you call your friends, say, turn on the radio, and then you hear your voice and you get all excited. Anybody ever do that when you're a kid? I'm so glad I'm not the only one. So I did that, um, and when I was a kid, you're not going to believe this, but I had a CD radio. Uh, and, and I would actually be in you know, my hometown in northern Kentucky, and I live across the river from Cincinnati. And there's this place called Price Hill. And I learned that there's an entire community of people that had CD radios. And I did the most illegal thing you can do. And I actually broadcasted my own radio show live to the people across the river every week. Um, and so I always had this desire to actually communicate audibly to other people, right? Well, I guess in somewhere I lost that passion. The technology just wasn't there for me to, 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 to take it to the next level at the time. Podcasting didn't exist yet. But what happened was in 2005, I discovered podcasting, and I found some podcasts devoted to the television show Lost. Thank you. And I was already a fan of the show Lost, and I was even blogging about it. So I started listening to a couple podcasts. One of them had a voicemail feedback hotline or the ability for you to record an audio comment and you could send it to the show, and they might play it in their podcast. Now, Lost was huge. Millions of people watching the show around the world. And these podcasts about Lost had tens of thousands of subscribers. And so I sent in my Thomas Theory, and, and, and they submitted it to them. And they played my voice on their podcast. And I'll never forget, it reminded it took me back to when I was a kid. It's like, oh my gosh, that's my voice on their show. And it's being heard, oh, not just in my hometown, it's being heard around the world. And not only that, it's not just live, and it wasn't just the seven people I could call on the telephone real quick to turn on the radio, but I can actually send anybody in the world, even today I could send you back to when my voice was on their podcast. And they, they were celebrity gods of podcasting in my mind, right? And they played my voice. They played my voice. And you know what they said to me? Say, Ryan Azawi says, Cliff, man, that's incredible. We're hearing all kinds of great feedback. Um, you know, a lot of their listeners, I had, prior to that, I was getting like hundreds of visitors to my blog every month. After that, I had thousands of visitors to my blog every month. And entertainmentweekly.com, uh, EW.com did a feature on my blog. And Ryan said, Cliff, man, you, you've got a great gift for speaking and communicating and, and sharing your thoughts. Why don't you do your own podcast? And my friends, shining the, spy, the spotlight on your audience can have a profound impact. Look at me, 10 years later, talking to you guys about the power of podcasting because one guy decided to shine the spotlight on me. Awesome stuff. <coughs> Tip number four, prioritize your mailing list. And guys, can I just say that I do not want to be a hypocrite and tell you that I am a master of this. I, this is one area in 2015 I thought I was going to prioritize, but then I decided to put my health and fitness above it. In 2016, this will be important to me. But here's what I want to tell you about mailing lists. In 2000, I started in 2000, late 2005. In 2008, I started this as my full-time career. It wasn't until 2000, October of 2010 that I actually started a mailing list that people could sign up for. And all, all, everybody was telling me, Cliff, it's all about the list. Have, have you ever heard the phrase, it's all about the list? <laughs> Guys, let me tell you something. It's all about the list. <laughs> I'll give you an example of it. So I have done a lot of consulting calls, one-on-one, -on -one, teaching people how to do 
everything like how do you set up WordPress for podcasting, how do you learn how to use Adobe Audition. And one day I had done four consulting calls, two hours each, and I trained four people back to back how to use Adobe Audition from scratch. So at nine o'clock in the morning I did two hours, and then I did two more hours and I went to lunch. And every single time I started from scratch and had to do it over again, I thought, man, that was a really bad day. <laughs> I, I'm kind of bored right now teaching how to use Adobe Audition, but I was glad to help those people. But I decided I'm going to create a webinar where I'm going to record myself teaching this, and I'm going to be recording in high-quality video and audio, and I'm going to invite people, instead of paying me $300 an hour, so it's two hours, so it's $600 to learn how to use Adobe Audition, what if I charge $100? And you can actually be on the webinar, and I'll record it and give you the recording afterwards as well. And then I could make that available for people to purchase later. And so I decided I was going to do this not just for Adobe Audition, but I would do it for the seven most important things that people hire me to teach them how to do. And it was called my Podcast Answer Man Boot Camp Webinar Series. And at the time, this was two months, so in October 2010, I started my mailing list. And by the way, my mailing list, like, even to this day, I've never done that tactic of giving you a free thing to get you to give me your email address. My, if you go to podcastanswerman.com, look at my mailing list, um, uh, sign up form. And it's not, I'm going to paraphrase for it for you, but it, you'll see that it's pretty clear that this is what it says. Please give me your name and email address if you would like me to communicate to you the next time I have something to sell you. That's what it says. It says, if you would like to be notified of my new products and services or an occasional discount every now and then, give me your name and email address. So as you can imagine, I had hundreds of thousands of people calling, you know, give me their email address right away, right? No. But in two months, I did have 200. I had 200 people give me their email address. And so in, this, in January, when I made this decision to do this webinar series, I announced that I said, for $100 per webinar, you can sign up for them individually, or $5.95, you can get all seven webinars. I made $16,000 in 10 days after doing that email, my first email to my mailing list. There's power in mailing lists. But there's more power than that. So I don't want to focus on the money, but I want to tell you about the, the mailing list. What, the reason why I'm, I'm great at communicating to my audience when I have something to sell them. But what I want to give you as tip number four is not to do what I've done. Because all I've ever communicated to my mailing list is when I have something to sell them. I know that's not all I've got. Recently, I've tried to do a little bit more. But what you want to do is what you see in this picture. You want them to open their email, and when they see your name, it's like opening up a box and there's a gift inside. Give your communities gifts. You know, every week your podcast should be the same. You're giving them something of value. And that's the one thing that, for me, I hope that I can do better in 2016 is actually get to the place where I'm not just communicating to them every three to four weeks when I'm promoting my next course or my next product or sale. I'm hoping to get to the place where I can communicate to them at least once a week, every single week, and give them a little bit of more of me. Either give them some personal insight, some personal experience, something of value, or some kind of valuable information or create something free that's going to help them specifically with the needs that I know that most of my audience has. I want to do that more frequently. And I encourage you guys to prioritize your mailing list as well. Number five, create online community environments. 
I want to encourage you guys to consider either a LinkedIn group, a Google Plus community, although maybe not Google Plus communities. I think that I think maybe there, there might not be here in a couple years. I don't know. Facebook communities, though, Facebook groups are something that I'm very excited about. Um, but I want to talk to you, the, before these things existed, what environments I had created in the early days. So I had created the podcast about Lost, and we were very blessed because of the communities out there that already had heard me on other podcasts. By the third episode, we had 17,000 subscribers, and over time it grew much further beyond that because there were people dying to get information about Lost. I created an online forum using uh, PHPDB, that's the ugliest software you can imagine, and I had about 25,000 people signed up as members to this forum, and they were sharing conversations with each other. But by the time that I had started this, I had already created other podcasts, podcasts with my wife talking about family things. I had created podcasts about faith. I had created podcasts about all kinds of other things, including Podcast Answer Man. And, and so people were talking about other topics as well. There was a girl from Germany. Her name is Anna-Sophie Reimer. All right? And I did not know this until she actually came to the States to meet me and my wife personally at a meetup that we hosted in our home where we invited people to come watch one of the season finales of Lost with us in our living room. We actually had Anna-Sophie sign up for our forum. And she tells the story today... And she's giving me permission to share this. She's actually got an entire brand, and she actually has this as a story on her website in video testimonial form, how podcasting saved her life. But what happened was when she was a young child, she had had some emotional issues. She had developed anorexia. And not only that, but she had a social phobia where she would never leave the world. And at age 16, she, she actually attempted to commit suicide. And when that all went down, her family tried to get her to, to respond to the world again. She had dropped out of school, and she had pretty much given up on living. And, and her family couldn't do anything. The only thing she would do is she would sit around and watch TV all day. And one of the television shows that she watched, you guessed it, was Lost. And as a result of that, she was searching. She had heard that um, you know, they were promoting some of their hidden Easter eggs and stuff that you can find online. And so she started searching about hidden clues, and she came across our podcast, she came across our community, and she signed up as a lurker. So she was just reading posts, random posts from people around the world, and she decided that I'm going to actually go ahead and start communicating with people outside of my world. And that's what happened. And she developed some friendships with people. In fact, friendships that, of other people who are in our community that actually brought her back to the place where she enjoyed life again. She felt like there are people in this world who were genuine, who cared for her. And as a result of that, she realized that she lived in Germany. She had a friend named Winnie Vanderbrook, who is a member of our community, and who lived in Belgium. And they actually went to meet each other. She met other people who lived in the United Kingdom, and she would go there and meet them. Turns out, Anna Sophia, within a couple of years of finding our forum and starting to interact, she became a world traveler. She's been all over the world. And it wasn't until she came to our Lost podcast that she said, she says, look, you guys don't understand. Your podcast saved my life. And your online community that you built saved my life. It wasn't even until probably about four years after I had met her the first time that I had discovered that she had anorexia. And she had announced it to the world uh, publicly. And she says, guys, I have anorexia, and I'm going to create a brand new blog, and I'm going to tell you guys about my entire journey of how I'm going to go and seek treatment for this. 
And she's blogged every single day from the treatment center that she was in, even when she wanted to completely leave and, and leave it all behind. When she got out, she asked me, Cliff, will you help me learn how to do a podcast? I want to create a podcast called Fighting Anorexia. You can go to fightinganorexia.com, and that podcast still is there today. And as a result of that podcast, she has helped thousands of people around the world who suffer from anorexia come to grips with what they have and seek treatment. And not only that, but she, I, I went to Long World NYC 2012, and she had come and decided, you know what, I'm going to host a meetup with people. And I'm walking the streets of New York City, and around the corner, I see this entire mob of girls, young girls, coming down the street. And then all of a sudden, she, I hear some girl going, Cliff, Cliff. It was Anna Sophie Reinhardt, and it was an entire team of girls who lived in the New York City area who attended her meetup, who had actually come to thank her for helping find treatment for anorexia. Guys, online community. <laughs> Tip number six, reach out and touch someone. Now, I'm old enough to remember that being a, a phrase for AT&T, so reach out and touch someone. Just real quick, let me just say that your voice is powerful, right? People are listening to your voice. And, and having an email interact, exchange with someone is very important and valuable. Having a blog comment exchange, uh, comments on social media, back and forth is awesome. Just, can I just encourage you just maybe one out of a thousand people, ask them for their phone number. Pick up the phone and call them and have a 20 minute, 30 minute conversation with somebody. You'll change their lives. I promise you that. You, I mean, the, I, I'm going to tell you. Remember, I told you Ryan and Jen Zala. They were the podcasting celebrity gods, right? Believe it or not, if we, as you as a podcaster, you are a major celebrity in the mindsets of the people who are listening to your show. If they are listening to you week after week after week, they look up to you. They eagerly anticipate everything you have to share. That's why they're there consistently every single week listening to you. And the fact that you might even potentially, even the possibility that you would actually pick up the phone and call them would blow their minds. Do that just once and find out what happens. Number seven, set yourself reminders. I use Google Calendar for this, and uh, I'll just tell you a story about Clay Lamb. Clay is a member of my community. He's just been this very encouraging man in my life. He, He's seen my fitness and health journeys that I've been doing this year, and um, I've gotten the, the cycling bug myself personally, and he's a, he's a pro-cycling guy, and, and he's had all these events, and he wants to share all of his knowledge with me, and it's been valuable, all the information he shared. He told me about this ride in Cincinnati. It's a 63-mile ride. He says, look, you should really consider this. I think you're ready. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for 63 miles. He says, you're totally ready. Well, Clay Lamb um, convinced me to sign up for a 63-mile ride, and at 5 a.m. in the morning, Clay showed up, and he was there for me to cheer me on as I, crossed the, as I started the race, and he literally waited there all day long, waiting for me to come back across the finish line, which I did, thankfully. But let me, say, let me tell you something. Set reminders. The interesting thing about Clay is that that day, he was just a couple weeks off of, uh, out of knee replacement surgery. Knee re he had his knee, one of his knee replaced, and he was actually getting ready to have another knee replacement. He was there all day long, you know, hobbling on his knee, waiting there because he wanted to support me. Now, why do I show all that? Because, well, several months back, when 
uh, Clay decided that he wanted to tell me about rights in Cincinnati, guess what he says? Look, do you have time for a phone call? And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have time for a phone call. But you know what? I do for some what I wish I could do for everyone. And I picked up the phone and said, Clay, what's up? And he told me about this. And during that phone call, do you know what he told me? He says, you know, I wish I could do it, but I'm getting ready to go in. I'm going to have two knee surgeries this summer. One's on this date and one's on this date. And he continued to go on and on. And I could have just let that slide. In fact, the conversation went on for another 25 minutes after that. But before I got off the phone, I said, Clay, you mentioned that you had uh, two knee replacement surgeries come on. And you rattled off the date, but I, dates, but I didn't get them. Can you tell me what dates those were? And I wrote them down as we were talking. And after we got off the phone, I went into my Google Calendar and I set myself a reminder on those days. And on both of those days, I sent him a text message and said, Clay, I'm praying for you today. I know that you're going in for surgery. And I want to pray that God will guide the hands of the doctors who will be working with you. This, my friends, makes, differences, makes a difference in the world to your listeners. Find ways to serve them. Set yourself reminders when you get that information. And I will tell you, we've got three more minutes. Collaborate with your closest community members, the people who are there with you, who are always giving you encouragement and, and praise, and they're always telling you how great you're doing, and they, you're going to get people who will say, Cliff, if there's any way that I can help you, find ways to collaborate with them. In fact, how many people here listen to my podcast? Hold on, don't answer that question yet. How many people here listen to my podcast, but you listen to my podcast because you first heard about me from someone else or as a result of being a guest on someone else's podcast. Now we are There you go. Well, about a third of the room today. So I want to tell you, it, it's important that you actually collaborate with other people in your community. Find ways that you can work together. Not just how can they help me, but how can we help each other. We've got two minutes, right? We're good. All right. So anyway, collaborate with... I, I want to say that um, Eric Fisher was up here. He introduced me. He and I have collaborated on many projects together, and I've had about six other, or maybe five other, co-hosts that I've done shows with, over 200 episodes of each and every one of those different shows that we've done. Every single one of my co-hosts, who basically were just listeners to my podcast, today, their full-time career is a direct response of their getting introduced to an online community through the podcast that we collaborated on together. How can we work together to bring value to their lives? Tip number nine, do the meerkats, the periscopes. Get out there and, and turn it on, and when your listeners see it, they can actually click in and watch you live, and you can do live interaction. So that's tip number nine. And tip number ten, community meetups. One of my favorite things to do is to host meetups with people in my community. When I go to a town or a city that I don't live in, I like to find a place where I can go, maybe a restaurant or a hotel, conference room, and I will reserve it and I will say, hey, let's go meet up together. And I just want to share this story with you. I got Jessie Klug, she's from Germany as well, and her husband was in the military and they were stationed in Kansas, uh, I believe, and we'll find out. But anyway, hey Cliff, my name is Jessie and I'm currently taking your AZ course with you. So much fun and I learned a lot. I'm thinking about going to your and Pat Flynn's meetup in San Diego on the 9th. Social media marketing world tickets are too expensive for me, but I just fly there from Kansas City for your meetup. Uh, what is your honest opinion about my flying all the way from Kansas City just for your meetup? I, I would really like to meet you and Pat and other like-minded people, but if there are only 300, but if there are 300 people, uh, there is only so much value and you can only meet so many people in two and a half hours. My friends, Jesse Klug wanted to know my honest feedback of the value of flying all the way from Kansas City to San Diego for a two and a half hour meetup. And this is the result. My friends, 
community else. The last thing I just want to leave you with is some of you are saying, Cliff, there's how do I do this? I mean, if you talk about spending time on social media, engaging with them first, you're talking about picking up the phone and reaching out and touching someone, you're talking about doing all these things. I, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> and my friend Andy Stanley says, do for some what you wish you could do for everyone. Thank you guys. Go take the world.